And Lord, this day we choose again to remember your sacrifice. And today we choose to again submit ourselves under your mighty hand. Lord, as we prepare our hearts now to receive your word, through the servant that you have prepared to bring it to us today, Pastor Ben, we receive with gladness and joy your words of life and truth. Bless now both the one giving the word as well as us receiving, and most of all, may you be honored and blessed in the speaking and the hearing of your word today. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. amen. Would you join me in welcoming Pastor Ben this morning? As I was uh, preparing this morning, uh, for this morning, something the Lord kept stirring in me and kept uh, over and over is unity. Pastor Jim got up yesterday and shared he had a, a dream, and in that dream, people were speaking, in, speaking to him saying, unity. Um, confirmation for me because uh, this message I'm going to preach this morning is something I've, it's not a new new message for me, it's something that's, uh, it's, it's an Old Testament story that's near and dear to my heart and I was wrestling through, should I just, you know, preach the same message and um, I don't know, it was just confirmation God was speaking into that. I, I uh, as I'm thinking about the year to engage how do we engage when we're not together? There's, um, I don't know, it, it, it'd be the power of unity and the power of working together, the power of uh, what good is it if it were a bunch of gears that are just spinning by themselves? You know what I'm saying? What? Well, I want to engage, I want to engage with other people. If I'm going to engage the kingdom, I want to engage with people. I want to engage with you guys. I want to do it with you, right? I don't want to do it, we're just engaging in 100 different places and there's no fruit and nothing's happening because we're all doing our own thing. We're, man, there's got to be something, we're working together. Something, unity, we're working together, we're doing this together. It's a prophetic picture of those gears working together. So, oh, I don't know where we're at here. <laughs> Y'all want to go to the Super Bowl party again? All right, getting engaged together, the power of partnership in the work. We need each other. Years working together. I already uh, went there. So, uh, a couple of scriptures that have been uh, we've been speaking over and over, and kind of the be strong, all you people of the, the land, declares the Lord, and work for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. That's from Haggai, Haggai two four. Uh, you see that word, be strong, all you people. That doesn't mean some people doing the work, 80% doing the work. That means all, everybody. We all need to engage in this work. We all need to engage in the kingdom. Hello? 
Can I hear back in that corner back there? We all need to engage in the kingdom. Ephesians 4.16, from him the whole body joined and held together for every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We're only a a working body when each part's doing its work, when when it's working together. I can't say to the hand, you're no use. I was in fifth grade and cut my pinky off. You would be amazed how much you can't do when you don't have a pinky. It still works, thank you, Jesus. It's amazing, the body has to work together. Some of you know what it's like to have an ailment where something's not working properly. It's not good. If it's a healthy whole body and it's working together, even the smallest parts are important. We all need to do the work. All right, here goes the 1 Samuel 14. Uh, the picture here <clears throat> in First uh, Samuel 13 says that uh, Israel was, I'll just read a couple spots here. It says in 13.19, it says, Not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel because the Philistines had said, Otherwise the Hebrews will make swords or spears. That was kind of the, the That was the oppression that the Philistines had over the Israelites at this point in time. You can't even, you can't even make, you, you're not even going to have blacksmiths. You can't have swords, you can't have spears, you can't have any weapons. Not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel because the Philistines said otherwise the Hebrews will make swords or spears. That was the... That was the, the picture here. So, so on the day of battle, not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword or a spear in his hand. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had them. On the day of battle, nobody had weapons. On the day of battle, not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword or a spear in his hand. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had them. Two people out of a whole army had swords, swords, and, swords and spears and weapons. You get the picture of what's happening here? I don't, I, I don't want this to be the picture of our church. We're in the day of battle. Whether you're saved or you're not saved, you're in a battle. We are in a battle, aren't we? As a church, we're in a battle. I think this church is good and whole and healthy, and, and it's not just Pastor Jim and Pastor Ben and Pastor Sam and whoever. Those guys have the swords and shields and weapons. They have the weapons. No, no one else knows how to use it. That's not, how, that's not what it's like, and I don't want it to be like that. That's what I'm trying to teach and train and equip the young people. Learn, learn your weapon. Learn your sword. Learn how to use it. Learn to fight with it. Learn to engage. This is not just a, Pastor Ben's got it. Pastor Ben's going to do it. Yay. This is, all of us have to engage in this. It's the day of battle. No one had sword or spear. All right? So in, in uh, chapter 14, verse 1. One day Jonathan said to, son of Saul, said to the young man bearing his armor, come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree in in Migron. With him were about 600 men. Their army was about 600 men. 
They were sitting under a tree. Skip on just a little bit here. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. On each side of the pass, Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes, the other Sina. One cliff stood to the north toward Michmash, the other to the south toward Geba. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of the uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord whether by saving, whew, from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I'm with you heart and soul. Jonathan said, come, come then, we will cross over to these men and let them see us. If they say to us, wait here until we come to you, we'll stay where we are and not go up. Not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, we'll climb up because the Lord, that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, the Philistine said, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. They're crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. The men on the outpost shouted, come up, shouted Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up to us, we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb up after me, the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with, with, his, uh, with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. In the first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area about half an acre. Then panic struck the whole army. Those in the camp in the field and those in the outposts and raiding parties, and the ground shook. It was a panic sent by God. Saul's lookouts in Gibeah and Benjamin saw the army melting away in all directions, and Saul said to the men who were with him, muster up the forces and see what's left us. When they did, it was Jonathan and the armor bearer who were, who were not there. Uh, next little section is basically uh, the high priest. Saul saying to Ahijah, the, the high priest, Let's see if uh, there's something happening over in the camp over there. Let's see if God's really in it. And basically, uh, as they're trying to figure out that, Saul says, forget it. We, we know God's in it. Withdraw your hand. Let's, let's go. So Saul said to Hijah, uh, then Saul and all his men assembled. Assembled, and uh, this is in verse 20. Then Saul and all his men assembled and went to the battle. They found the Philistines in total confusion striking each other with swords. Those Hebrews who had previously been with the Philistines had gone up with them to their camp, went over to the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. Then all of Israel, when all of the Israelites who had hidden in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were on the run, they joined the battle in hot pursuit. So the Lord rescued Israel that day, and the battle moved on beyond Beth-Avon. So, This is a pretty crazy picture. I, I, it's, I'll try to explain the story as much as I can. But So basically what happens is Saul and Jonathan are, are there with 600 men under a tree. They're on, on a, they're, they, they don't have any weapons. They're sitting there. They're kind of defeated. They're kind of, I, I don't know, they're oppressed. They're... Jonathan says to his, to his armor bearer, hey, uh, 
just go stir up some stuff in the other camp and see what happens. They're on a cliff. They climb down the cliff, him and his armor bearer. They get down. They show themselves. Hey. The, the Philistines are like, hey, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes. Look it. Look at them down there. Come on up here. We're going to teach you a lesson. So they go up. Okay. And then God shows up and does stuff. this story, we see an example of the progress, progression of partnership. We've been working with Burt Boys. We have four Ps. Any Burt Boys in here? What's the P, four Ps? Perseverance. Partnered. Let's hear from someone else. Position. Starts with the P. Remember it, Noah? Prepare. Oh, sweet. All right. So we weren't working. One of, the, one of the P's we have is being partnered, working together. One of the first things that happens uh, in this story, I think a lot of times in our story, one of the things that moves us to actually stepping out and doing something is a, a feeling of restlessness. We have this feeling of there's something... That just ugh, irks me a little bit. There's something I, you know what I'm saying? There's something about this situation I'm not really digging. There's something about this, what's happening that, you know, I'm kind of like the, the, what is it, the, the lepers sitting at the entrance and they're like, look at everything, the city's being destroyed and we're just sitting here wasting away. Let's go stir up some trouble and see what God does. We're dying anyway, right? There's a, there's a feeling of restlessness. There's a feeling of something. Uh, you know, I feel that way with youth ministry a lot of times. It's so, there's so much happening and so much going on, so much, I mean, how many kids are in the Twin Cities alone? And I've got 30 or 40 of them in a room. And I feel like, oh, man. Got kids that nobody's fighting for them. Got kids that eh, you're Generation X. You're you're out. Ugh, whatever. Got a generation that's mom and dad don't even want them anymore. They didn't want them in the first place. That affects me. I get restless when I hear a kid's story. I get restless when I hear about. What can I do to, to save the next generation? What can I do to help? What can I do? Well, how can I engage in that? There's something restless inside of me. I can't just stand by and watch them talk about whatever they talk about. I want to see a, I don't want to see a generation that's, that's totally passionless and like, oh, just go with the flow. I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna be committed to anything. So there's a restlessness. Israel is pretty badly beaten by the Philistines. There are no swords or weapons could be found there. 
and this story takes place, the army was sitting, waiting, powerless to, to effect change. 600 men just sitting there under a tree. I don't know how they all fit under one tree, but... 600 men sitting up on a cliff under a tree. Jonathan feels the need to explore the possibility of change, even if he become the agent of change. It's just, in, in the story, he doesn't say, God told me, God told me he was going to show up if I step out and do something. Jonathan's heart attitude was, I'm going to go step out and maybe God will show us, maybe God will show up and act in our behalf. Look at what he says in verse 6. Jonathan said to the young man bearing his armor, come, let's go over to the outpost of the uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Perhaps. Nothing can hinder the Lord by saving, whether by many or by few. Maybe God will show, let's go jump onto the plane and maybe God will catch us. Let's just go do something crazy and see if God shows up. Let's just go. Hmm. What are you restless about? I'm not talking about you're, you're, you're restless to the point you're arguing and complaining and complaining about it. I'm talking about actually getting to the place where you're restless enough, I'm going to step out and do something. I'm going to step out and believe God and trust God that he's going to take what I'm stepping out with and he's going to do something awesome with it. He's going to do something amazing. Maybe God will help us. Maybe God will act in our behalf. Perhaps he will help us. Just the two of them. So there's a, a sense of restlessness. Uh, I think Bill Hybels has a book called Holy Discontent. He talks about what's that thing that gives you, what's that thing worth fighting for that no one else fights for? What's that thing that makes you restless? Doesn't seem like anybody else cares. But it went beyond there. It went beyond the point of restlessness. I got to do something. Maybe God will help us. But he went beyond restlessness. It went to recruiting. He recruited. Says to the arm, his arm bearer, hey, "Let's go over there and let's see what God. Let's see what God does." He didn't want to do it alone. God can use people, and there, there are seasons and times when we have to step out and trust God when no one else is with us. And I'm not talking about being a lone ranger and going against the flow and going against authority and all that. I'm talking about there's times when God calls you. There's a restlessness inside you. God calls you to fight when it seems like, is anyone else? Yeah, we got your back, sure. You know what I mean? kind of dead this morning. <laughs> he confides in a trusted friend and a faithful follower. His armor bearer. They probably did quite a bit of stuff together. He probably knew this guy. You think? He knew him well enough to say, let's go do something crazy. Maybe God will help us. Maybe let's just go do it and see what God does. He knew enough that the, the armor bearer, he 
fairly certain he won't say no. He suspects the answer will be, go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. We need people to tell us, I'm with you, heart and soul. We need each other. I need, I need as a youth pastor, somebody to say to me, I'm with you. You don't know what it does to my heart when Gene and, and, and people like that are, are there on a Wednesday night saying, I'm with you. I'm, just, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to pray and intercede and bless these kids. It does something to me. It's saying, I'm with you, heart and soul. Go for it. It's crazy. Go for it. We need people to say, go for it. I'm with you, heart and soul. At this point, they're going to be a very easy out for the armor bearer. You want to go do what? Sorry, what? Why don't you go take a little nap, Jonathan? Think about that a little bit. But no, his heart response is, I'm with you. Go for it. We need people like that in our life. Not only do we need people, we need to be that to somebody else. Who's with you? Who's just as crazy as you are? Who can support you this way? I'll add the question, who can you support this way? Who can you get behind and say, I'm with you. I want to engage in this thing with you. I want to do it with you. Go for it. I'm with you, heart and soul. Heart and soul, Jonathan, I'm with you. We all go through seasons where there's times where we need people to come behind us and say, I'm with you, where there's also seasons where we need to get to, when we get to a place where we say, who can I encourage and bless and who can I get behind and who can I empower and encourage and strengthen and, you know what I'm saying? Who can I get with, not just in word, I'm with you, but in action, I'm going with you, I'm engaging this thing with you. So there's restlessness, then there's a recruiting process. It's having eyes open all the time. Who am I doing this with? Who am I engaging with? Who am I going to fight with? Who am I going to... Who can I help? Who can help me? There's risk. Jonathan acknowledged the risk. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. If God didn't, these men were risking their lives. If God doesn't act, it didn't look good. But he understands God's power. Nothing can hinder the Lord, whether by saving by many or by few. He had, a, he had an, uh, an assurance in who God was. How big is your God? He's Emmanuel, God with us. You know, we, we always, in Sunday school, I always heard the picture of Jesus is in my heart. Paul gives a different picture and says, I am in Christ. Not just Jesus is in my heart and the Holy Spirit is in me, but I am in Christ. What kind of picture does that 
paint for you. Powerful. He decided to go for it. Um, John Ortberg has a book. <clears throat> Excuse me. John Ortberg has, has a book. Uh, if, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. One of the chapters in his book, he talks about um, you better know who it is that's calling you out of the boat. You better know who it is calling you out of the boat. When we engage together in the work, there is risk involved. But we know God is with us. Amen? When we engage together, God's with us. I'm with God. It's exciting. Next, there's revelation. Jonathan seeks the mind of God. If, he, if they say to us, wait here, we won't go up. Come, if they say to us, come up, we know God has given them into our hands. That was his... There was a revelation. There was something he was seeking God's heart, God's seeking God's mind. So he goes down into the into this this valley in between two cliffs. The two of them they show themselves. Hey, I don't know how they showed themselves, but Philistines are like, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Woo! Come up here. We're going to teach you a lesson. At that point, he he turns to his armor bearer. He says, "That's God's sign." That's God's sign. They're, they're in our hands. He received confirmation that he was on track when the Philistines invite them up the cliff. God gives us revelation. What am I stepping out to do? He's going to give you, you've got to be in tune with him. You've got to be in tune with his heart, in tune with his mind, in tune with what? He's saying to you, because he might change your plans halfway along the way. I'm going to step out and do something. You know what? God's not really in this. Probably shouldn't move forward. I'm going to step out and do something, and maybe God will show up. What if God didn't show up? What if he was just doing it in his own strength? What if he was just doing it? Didn't have any signs. Didn't have any revelation. Didn't have any. What if you just step out? It was, it was crazy. It was foolish. Some of the things you step out and do when you're engaging in the kingdom work seems foolish. It doesn't make any sense. But there's time. You also got to be cautious because there's times where, you know, God's calling us to, to step out and do things that seems foolish. There's other times we're just being foolish. That's how we got to know the word of God. We have to know our weapons. If we know the Lord is leading us, we can move forward in confidence. It's being led by the Spirit. I, I don't, even before I came here, Pastor Jim was like, you gotta, if you're going to come here to Bethel, I want you to be led. I want, I want to drive you. You've got to be led by the Spirit. I've heard that over and over and over. We want to be led by the Spirit. I don't want some... You don't know what I'm saying. There's a response. Jonathan and his armor climb up the cliff with their bare hands. 
I don't know what else they would have used. They took action with confidence, knowing they were in this adventure together. Jonathan's arm rear was right behind him, climbing up the wall and covering his back in the, in the battle. Uh, I'm not, I know Pastor Jim and the heart of the leadership of this church is not really interested in go get him, go get him, go get him, rah, 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 and then there's no action. There's not, not actually anything. We talk about engaging, but it's not really happening. We talk about this God-given dream. We talk about dreams, but there's nothing really happening. There's a response, and there's an action that takes place. There's, a, there's something we do. There's something where we're not just talking about it. I'm really not interested in coming here, spending my life, laying my life down, pouring into a place, and it's not really doing anything. You guys with me? There's a response. Deeds of daring do require action. We did a whole sermon series on daring do. At some point, we have to actively engage. The next one is a real churchy word, I know, but it was ridiculous. The results are disproportionate to their actions. Two men kill 20 men in a half an acre. The Philistines panic, turning on each other. The ground shakes. They go, they go show themselves. They climb up to this, the, the cliff with their hands and feet. They get up to the top, and guys just start falling in front of them. Then suddenly the, the Philistines start freaking out. They start freaking out, and they start fighting each other. Right? The ground starts shaking. God starts doing stuff. Stuff starts happening. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. When we step out and do something for God, he's going to move. He's going to do something. I trust and believe he's going he's to act in our behalf. And it's not going to make any sense. It's ridiculous. Do the math, man. The divine is now engaged. The panic is sent by God. Israel didn't have any weapons. They didn't have any swords. So God, the Philistines start fighting each other. He used their swords. When we engage with each other, with God, and with his work, he engages with us. In John chapter 9, this was kind of where I was headed this morning, but I don't know, whatever. Uh, John chapter 9 says, them, uh, Jesus, it's an open book test. Yes, Jesus is there. The Philistines are like, this guy had been raised his entire life blind. The Philistines asked Jesus, Jesus, who sinned, his parents or him? Of Pharisees, yes. What did I say? Oh, Philistines. Philistines, Pharisees, you know what I mean. They're bad guys. No, I'm just kidding. They were all there, yes. 
The P. I'm mixed up. All right. So the Pharisees. Pharisee? Yes, Pharisees. Pharisees were there and said, who sinned, this guy or his parents? What was Jesus' response? It messes with some of our theology. Jesus' response was, he was born blind so that the glory of God can be revealed and the work of God can be revealed in his life. Think about that. He was born blind, spent his whole life blind with an ailment so that the glory of God and the work of God can be revealed in his life. And then he says this, while it is daylight, we must do the work that God has sent me to do. We must do the work that God sent Jesus to do. It's in red. It's in red letters. Jesus said it. We must, while it is daylight, we must do the work God has sent me to do. What, what kind of things do you think of when you think God sent Jesus to this, work, to, to this earth and his ministry and what he did? When we think of the works of Jesus, what were, what were those? Jesus said, those things that you picture in your mind of God sending his son to this earth and have a ministry to do, that's our job together. That's our job. You get to be a part of it. Whew. God engages with us. There's also a ripple effect. When the Philistines start scattering, they start fighting each other, then all of a sudden there was, there was Israelites that were uh, basically f- slaves and forced to fight for the Philistines. They started turning on the Philistines. There's people hiding in the hills. They start joining in the battle. There was people, uh, all of a sudden Saul and, Saul and his army are looking over at this other this other, uh, the cliff on the other side, and they're seeing this panic and stuff's going on, and the ground's shaking, and things are happening, and it's like, what the heck is going on over there? Let's go join in. Let's get in this thing. There's something that happens when we step out and engage with kingdom stuff, when we get involved in kingdom culture, when we get involved, suddenly other people wow, God's moving in that camp. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of what God's doing. There's people who are fighting for the enemy right now because they think the enemy is more powerful. You step out, you have no idea who's going to say, what am I fighting for these people for? What am I doing? You have no idea the effect you're stepping out in faith. You're stepping out. We're going to engage in this thing together. How it's going to affect and how it's going to ripple and how it's going to, what it's going to do for somebody else's heart. How it's going to challenge somebody else to actually step out and do something. Who did God God inspire and call into action through you? Who else will decide to partner with you? You have no idea when you step out, when you start doing something, 
who's going to come alongside you? I had no idea. No, I, I keep saying Jean, but Jean, you know, she's going to be 70 years old this year. And she's hanging out, pouring her life into the youth every week. She's there every, every Wednesday. She's praying and interceding. and Stuff's happening. I had no idea. She's stepping out and doing it. and ah, I'm praying more. Come, please. <laughs> you have no idea when you step out in faith and step out in what God's called you to, who's going to come, come alongside you, who's going to join you, who's going to fight with you. And there's a reflect. The Lord rescued Israel that day. It didn't say Jonathan rescued Israel that day. Hello? Jonathan's the one that stepped out. Jonathan's the one that stepped out in, in faith, didn't he? Who got the glory in the end? He always gets the glory. Even when we get in the way. When we engage with each other, engage the work, when God engages us, he gets the glory. It was a panic sent by God. God rescued Israel that day. When I step out in faith, when I'm stepping out when God's called me to, I'm stepping out and doing the work that God sent Jesus to this earth to do. When I'm stepping out with him in that, I am in Christ. When I get to step out with him in that, how exciting. How invigorating. Thank you, Jesus. I get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of it. We get to engage. We get to engage together. I was listening as we were starting. It was like, I don't know, over communion, over worship, over, it was like everything was together this morning. Together, together, together. There's a togetherness. We're talking about engaging together. We cannot, part of our whole engaging, the year to engage is a togetherness, is a, is a we're moving together in this. get to be a part of the miracle. Here's just our little recap. There's a restlessness. We recruit. We risk. There's a revelation. There's a response. It's ridiculous. There's a ripple effect. He gets the glory. We reflected on him. There's a lot. I don't know if you guys know. How many of you were here at the annual meeting yesterday? There's a lot of stuff happening. There is, I mean, you could just honestly sit in this building all day on a Sunday and just see what happens. You would not believe the amount of people that come in and out and all, it's crazy. 
there are so many ways, so many ways we could get involved, we can engage together. And I'm not, I'm not saying that we're not engaging together. I'm saying I'm trying to encourage those that aren't. Join. Join the battle. God's doing stuff. Stuff's happening in the camp. Things are going on. I heard a couple amens. God's doing stuff. There's stuff happening. Look and see, where can, how can I get involved? How can I get engaged? How can I be somebody's armor bearer? How can I get behind somebody? How can I encourage them in the work they're doing? Who can I recruit in this? I've got this crazy vision and this crazy idea. I'm going to step out in faith and see what God does. Maybe he'll act on our behalf. Maybe God will show up. Talk to somebody about it. Don't do it on, on your own. And that person that you're talking to might say, you're crazy. Talk to somebody else. <laughs> Let's stand up. Can we get the worship team back? Uh, as we as we go into this, uh, you go into a worship song here. I'm wondering if we could do something a little bit different. I want you to find somebody you don't know that well. Pastor Jim Snickers. I know everybody. I want you to find somebody you don't know that well. I want you to bear each other's armor. I want you to encourage one another. I want you to pray for each other. I want you to challenge each other. I want you to... Can we do that? Can we share each other's dreams together? All right, go find somebody. All right. Once you're done praying, you are released in the blessing of the Lord over all of your lives. Continue to love on each other. Let's get engaged in the work of the Lord. Have a wonderful day in his presence. I bless you in Jesus' name.